is that everybody's looking for a tree, uh, but God doesn't give out trees. He usually gives out seeds. This is the Church Growth Nation Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Ross Turner with the Vibrant Agency, and today we're talking with Jason Warman of Coast Life Church there in Florida, and uh, they have been really doing some cool things for the Lord. Their their church is a healthy church. It's growing, and uh, man, today we wanted to talk uh, with Jason and kind of hear the story of the church, kind of talk about leadership and church culture and kind of how their church has been able to reach a lot of people for the Lord and uh, just kind of hear their story. So what's up, Jason? Hey, man, it's so good to see you. Thanks for having me on today. You look like you're in a five-star luxury suite in there. Man, I'm hanging out in our middle school building while another building is slightly under construction right now. So uh, just trying to find a quiet space around here. You you and me, I, I mean, I feel like we have kinder spirits that look at the, the ginger beard going on. The, the, we got the beard game going. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Awesome. So you guys are in Venice, Florida. What, what part of the state is that geographically? So we're on the the west coast, best coast of Florida, down in uh, south southwest Florida. So we're pretty far down. I always tell people we're we're closer to Havana than we are Atlanta down here. Uh, so it's uh, sort of the retirement capital of the world. This is where all of the eastern part of the U.S. comes to slow down and retire. But it's a it's a beautiful area. It's the Sarasota area of Florida is where Venice is, where it's Sarasota County. Uh, yeah. Sarasota is an amazing, beautiful city. I, I, we, we love where we live. It's, a, it's really paradise down here. Beautiful beaches with the white sand. Yes, amazing. Yeah. Uh, now, did you uh, have a career before you became a pastor, or has this been your whole life? You know, I, I uh, was in college, track was playing some sports and tracking to do some other things, but wasn't really, uh, I knew what the call of God was on my life from when I was a kid and was just running from it. And so had a had an amazing encounter with God when I was 19 years old, uh, surrendered back to Christ, answered the call to ministry, uh, went home, left college, took a semester off, went from a, a university to a, a small unaccredited Bible college and got a Bible college degree and ended up being a, a youth pastor and, you know, for mm. a long time just doing different things in ministry before ending up in Florida and, and leading a church. Mm. So you were you were born in Arkansas, is that right? Yeah, born born and raised in Arkansas. Moved to moved to Mississippi. Went to played played baseball for a little junior college in Mississippi. And, uh, ended up back in Arkansas. Married a girl from Michigan. Went from rural Arkansas to uh, the suburbs of Detroit. <laughs> Big transition. And then uh, from Michigan to Florida. And uh, love love the people of Michigan. Great great people. Very mm-hmm. happy to be in Florida, not in Michigan. I, I, I hear everything you just said. Let me ask you, if, 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 if I cut your arm, do you bleed like razorback Arkansas colors or are you like gator oh, colors? I, uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm hogs all the way. I, 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 okay. I don't ride bandwagons. I, I've been a <laughs> razorback fan since I was a kid and uh, a lot more to celebrate 
if I were a Florida fan, but we 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 stick with our hogs regardless of how well they're doing. It's crazy to me how in different parts of the country, like the emphasis on different sport genre is so intense. Like in in the SEC area, college football is life. Okay, and it's life, and the college, and then we're here in California. And, you know, people like UCLA and Stanford and USC, but but life is the Dodgers and the Lakers and now like the Rams and the Raiders, the pro sports that are so much more popular out here. And uh, I grew up in Minnesota and uh, nobody cares about basketball at all. And so I was always the odd man out because I really like I like the Lakers a lot. I like the NBA. And so it's just is funny how everybody has their different passions. You know what I mean? I, I love SEC football sports. But what's crazy about Florida is absolutely no one is from Florida. So there's not, yeah. a, I mean, there's not really a predominant, obviously the Gators around Gainesville and Tallahassee mm-hmm. is uh, the Seminoles and Miami is the Hurricanes. But uh, like, it's it's funny, some churches really experience, like if a, if a team's playing on a weekend, it affects their attendance. We don't have any of that because nobody's from here. I mean, you're, you're just as likely to run into a New York Giants fan as you are a Tampa Bucks fan. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, now, last thing, I'll just talk about sports for a second, but I am hearing <laughs> let's, rumors. Let's keep going. Let's keep going with the sports thing. <laughs> no, but I, I, for real, I'm hearing, like, I think for real rumors that the Tampa Bay Rays are going to split with Canada in, like, half the year in Canada. Is that true? I, I don't know. I, I heard that as well. I don't think it's true because the Tampa's planning on building, like, a, a, a stadium in in a really cool area of Tampa and it's it's like seven hundred million dollars or something. So I, I can't imagine they they would spend that kind of money for a part time team. So I'm hoping that's not true. I hope they build that stadium and they stay put. They, That'd be good they're for a great the... team. They just they just need a better environment. Yeah. Um now when you were uh first moving to Florida, did you move to plant the church or did you come out here for other reasons? You know, I, when I was 27, I got offered a I got offered a church in Pensacola, up in the Panhandle of Florida. Was living in Michigan, was, was married, no kids, and just didn't just didn't feel right about uh, the season of our life stepping into a lead pastor role, and so we we ended up not taking that position. And the the, the only thing I can tell people is that somehow Florida got in my heart. Like I knew that wasn't the church for me and I knew that wasn't the time for me, but I just knew that was the place for me. And so mm. I had had no idea how all of that stuff was was going to work out. Had always had it in my in my heart that I would move to Florida and plant a, a church. I always tell people, I always qualify it. Like I felt called here. I didn't just come here for beaches and sunshine and and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. My my skin's too pasty for the beach. My time at the beach <laughs> is just slathering on sunscreen, sunscreen nonstop. Uh, so that it's funny that I that I am where I am. But um, you know, just felt. I felt called to this state, wanted wanted to plant, uh, was a part of an organization that was that was pretty closed off theologically to the rest of the Christian world, and I, I didn't I didn't see myself planting through that that denomination that organization, and so 
uh, was really stuck because my, my, my upbringing and my world was kind of built around that. But we, my wife and I really saw a church that wouldn't be held back by some of the traditional things and some of the uh, theological things that had some misalignment with what we felt like was really biblical and in step with uh, most other Christian organizations, denominations, and so didn't really know what to do. And uh, one day, I got a I got a phone call from a guy that I, I did not know, and invited me to come to Venice to preach the 25th anniversary of the church here in in this city. And so I was in I was in Detroit metro area. He invited me to come speak in Sarasota in January. So I left I left Detroit with the snow blowing sideways. It was 20 degrees and I landed in Sarasota and it was 75 and sunshine in January and I thought, man, this this feels like the will of God. This is awesome. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and just was it was amazing, you know. And so I, I come to the church and and preach their 25th anniversary. And on the big 25th anniversary celebration, there were 18 people, and that included myself and two other guests. So there were only 15 people from the church there to celebrate their 25th anniversary celebration. And I, I kind of picked up on there was something more than me just being a guest speaker for this church because the, uh, the, the pastor of the church was driving me around the city telling me what a great city it is and how it'd be a great place to raise a family. I had two small kids. And so I started to pick up on it. He drove me down. We're on the, we're on the Gulf of Mexico. So he, he drove me down in his truck. I'll never forget it. We sat and watched, we sat in his truck and watched the sunset. It was, it was very romantic, just me and him. And, (laughs) and and like, he's, he's showing me all the positive things about this community. And I preached Sunday morning. It was an old school, traditional church, preached Sunday night, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night schedule. And after knowing him 24 hours, he asked me to, you know, step in his office, wanted to have a conversation after the evening service, and said that he was 75. He started the church when he was 50 and had unfortunately been diagnosed with cancer, had no one to turn the church over to and asked me to come take it. I'd, I'd known the guy 24 hours and uh, I, I, I did what, what you do when you don't want to give an answer. Yeah, I told him that I'd have to talk to my wife and, and kind of put, put it off a little bit. It, it, was, it was so bad. It was the, the piano player was in his late 80s. He didn't know how to play the piano. He just started learning in his late 80s because they lost all their musicians. Um, they did. They still did testimony service. Some of some people may be familiar with this stuff, but they they did testimony service that went on. I think I clocked it at about forty minutes, and that was only three testimonies, and it it wasn't really testimonies about what God had done. It was basically like uh, updates on medical conditions, like high blood pressure and you know sciatic <laughs> nerve situations. It, it was it was awful. It was it was terrible, and. I, 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 I sat there and I was angry and was mad about it and, and, and didn't really realize at the moment that one of the reasons I was, I was ticked off was because I think sometimes that's how God calls you to something is sometimes what makes you angry is what God's calling you to do something about. 
and I, I didn't realize it at the time, but God was was really connecting me emotionally this to this place that I was just angry that there was a church uh, that was supposed to be a church of Jesus that was in that bad of a shape and, and, and that lifeless and dead. And so he offered me the church. I told him I'd talk to my wife. There was there was on average between 12 and 15 people attending the church i always tell I always tell people that it was it was roughly the size of a secret terrorist cell but about twice as me and uh, <laughs> and it was I, I called my wife and i don't know why to this day but i lied to her and told her there was 30 people in the church i don't really know why i did that other than 30 sounded better than 12 and we we came to this conclusion that we would come spend a week in the in the city and we did we we came and spent a week here and just felt felt like it was something god was leading us to do and so we ended up making the decision to move uh, a a three-year-old my wife was expecting at the time so we actually had to wait for her to have the baby so when we when we moved here we actually moved here with a three and a half year old and a six-week-old to take a church that had uh 12 people in it it was uh just one of those things that you really are stepping out into an unknown world and just really really walking in faith you know did you have savings or did church loan or something or how did you even swing that no yeah well it's 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 a crazy story no we we were at the worst point of our lives financially um it was 2009 when i got the phone call and i I was moving from michigan to florida and back in 08 and 09 was the recession and the two states that got hit the hardest were Michigan because of the auto industry and Florida because of the real estate market. Everybody has second homes down here. And when the when real estate collapsed, they all let their second homes go. And so it was it was it was the craziest season of my life uh, with a loan from my father-in-law. I got the I was there was supposed to be finances in the church. There, there wasn't the finances in the church when I when I actually in, took over the accounts. There, there was two hundred dollars in the church account and eight hundred dollars uh, worth of bills sitting on the desk when I actually took over the accounts. And so, uh, I know that's not a like six hundred bucks isn't a isn't a huge gap, but when that's all you have is two hundred bucks, and you owe eight hundred. It, it, it seems insurmountable <laughs> at the mm-hmm. at the time, but that was that was the situation that we stepped into. Uh, and how did you know that God was in it, or did you not? Were you still on the fence, but you had a gut feeling, or did you have some sort of like an angel came and slapped you in the face and told you? I mean, what? How'd you know? Well, you know, I did. I, I left angry. And I felt like I had to do something like that after that first Sunday. I, I don't know why. I think a lot of people could have just laughed that off. Like, you know, that was a really bad speaking engagement. I'm going to go back home. Uh, but one is I felt called to Florida. 
Two is, is it ticked me off and I felt like I had to do something about it. And then, you know, God has a way of just walking you through a process. You know, it's never, it's, it's, we walk by faith, step by step. He doesn't show you the whole road. He just shows you, you know, a lamp into your feet, light into your path, just one step at a time. And so we, we moved here in, in 2009, uh, my first official weekend, I got, I got installed as the pastor. And my first official weekend after the installation was uh, the it was it was this time of year. It was the Fourth of July weekend. It wasn't Fourth of July week. It wasn't Fourth of July, but it was the weekend around the Fourth of July holiday. And so you know you know everybody travels, takes vacation. So I inherited a church of twelve people, and a holiday rolls around. And so my first official weekend. There was myself, my wife, our three and a half year old daughter, and our, well, and our three month old son at the time, and then three other people showed up. Uh, one of them was a, a lovely couple who were in their in their late eighties who had been saved longer than I'd been alive. I, I I don't know how to delicately say it, but their their mansion in heaven was already done. You know, God was waiting on the doormat <laughs> to come in at that point. Uh, and then the other guy that the other guy that was there was having some medical situations, and so he was on very very heavy uh, medication. And so he would, he, you know, there's a lot of peace in the house of God, and so mixed with that in the medication, he would fall fast asleep as soon as the service began, and he didn't sit in the back; he sat on the very front row. And so he would sit on the front row and sleep. And so we're my first Sunday. I, <laughs> this, I'm not exaggerating this. These are these are all verifiable facts. My first Sunday is there are three people in the room besides my family and one third of my congregation is going to be asleep in a matter of moments <laughs> and everything in me everything everything in me was saying quit shut the service down so i asked my wife sing so i said hey go 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 just start singing a couple of songs we'll sing and let's see if anybody else shows up it is miserable. Uh, my my wife is amazing. She's she's powering through this, leading these three people and myself in these songs. And there's this internal battle that is that is raging. I've never, honestly, I've never experienced anything like it. You know, there's there's moments when you're in you're in church and the presence of God is palpable, and you know God is in the room, and you can you can like you can feel it. You know, God's mm-hmm. here. It was it was like that, but the opposite. It was it was the presence of uh, fear, of uh, just the like. It was a it was literally a storm of discouragement, and I was sitting there uh, thinking, "This is stupid. I, I've made a terrible mistake." Um, I, I was sitting there, like pride. It's funny how pride popped up in my life because I was thinking there is no way I'm getting up and preaching a message to three people. I came from a I came from a really large church where you know it was a church of a couple of thousand people, so like that was the audience that I was used to speaking to. And now here's this humbling moment where three people are in the room. Um, it, it's a holiday weekend. I'm, I'm battling like this the, the most intense discouragement I've ever felt. In my life like it, it i don't know how to accurately articulate it it was it was real it was powerful the enemy's mm-hmm. like breathing all this stuff in my ear you've made a terrible mistake you're you're done you're finished and and somewhere in that i heard i heard a still small voice 
say this matters for more than just today. Like this, this isn't just about today, that this is about something greater. And so I just made a decision like that this, that it, that it mattered, that I was where God wanted me to be, that God called us to do it. And so I got up and I, I preached my heart out to those three people. And like, I'd love to say that people started streaming in the doors as I preached or something, you know, shifted in the atmosphere. Nothing happened, but man, something really happened in my heart because it was a day I put put a stake in that God had called me there and and I wasn't going to base my ministry on circumstances and my calling wasn't determined on how many people were in the room that God called us there and we were going to do what God called us to do it, it was a it was a shifting day for us and I think that uh, times like that when you're at the very beginning and it could clearly have been a terrible mistake I think that that really seals your marriage because you guys you you have nobody to turn to there's no escape it's like you guys I, i'm sure you had some epic bad days in your marriage yeah you know it, it was it was a crazy season of, of transitioning our lives like the way that we did it, we both had to go all in together uh, in order to, we ended up, you know, kind of skipping ahead a little bit. We ended up relaunching, replanting the church. In order to do that, we had to break away from uh, an organization and a denomination that we were a part of. And the, the cool thing about that was my wife and I both had relationships there. And so I call it filing relational bankruptcy. You liquidate every relationship you have and Heidi and I had to do that together and it was a decision that we made together and so you know there's obviously been a been some hard times especially walking through the financial stuff and walking through the relational stuff but it was it it, it really did you said that I think it, it cemented us in our relationship together and so now we we co-pastor we co-lead the church because we just that's how we roll you know we've been in this thing together for the past nine years it's like every success story um i can't say every i'm going to say nine out of ten success stories of a church or a business that god called you to launch or some big ministry whatever it is um occasionally we hear about and celebrate the people that were an overnight success and a ton of people came in the first year they're the fastest growing church and it was amazing and we all like celebrate that but I think that there's an extra level of, of sweetness on the things that require just daily grind, daily obedience. And after you look back from two years, then you're like, wow, I'm here now. I'm so thankful I'm not where I started, but it didn't happen like I thought, like, wow, it just changed. It was like, I'm going to be faithful today. And that was hard, but I'm going to be faithful again tomorrow. You know, like in our business, uh, I literally started uh, by teaching myself web development and I would get up at our house here in California at, at 4.30 in the morning before I would go to my normal job, which I had to leave for at 7.30. And I would just just put in, uh, I would just learn. It felt kind of like useless, just like you were preaching to three people and it was like, am I really gonna do this? I mean, I remember the first client I got, I, I did it for like $100 and, and I was just learning and it felt so, it's, you know, humiliating almost, like in the right way, you know, like adding humility into your life, just 
putting in the time, but I did that like for a year and then little by little on Saturdays and then getting better. And, you know, I still to this day, we're, we're a much bigger company now um, and I'm obviously a much different place, but I still have that same mentality of, of, hey, I'm just going to give my all today and be faithful, even if I have to work long, even if I have to, you know, if I have to trust God to just see that I'm being faithful with today and in 10 years from now, I know that my story will be like, hey, remember back when? And I think that's what you experienced at, at Coast Life is look where you are now, but you started not just because you had three people, but because you did give that message and you did stay and you did say, well, hey, God called us here. So we're just going to be faithful with what we got now. And that's probably still in your DNA today. Yeah, you know, the, the Bible says don't despise the day of small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And that was that was our verse, man. Like, we just made a decision that uh, we weren't going to allow the smallness to define who we were. And, you know, looking back on it, we didn't even realize a lot of what was happening around us. But it was, it was, it wasn't, everybody's looking for a tree. Uh, but God doesn't give out trees. He usually gives out seeds and asks you to be faithful with the seed. And inside the seed is the possibility that if God's in it, uh, the kingdom grows. It's like a mustard seed planted in a garden, and then it becomes the largest of all trees in the garden. And we all we all want we all feel entitled to trees, but God hands out seeds of faithfulness. He says, "Let me let me trust you with this seed and see what you can do with it." And when I look back. I realized that, you know, like preaching to those three people, that I didn't. God didn't give me a tree. He didn't give me a, a massive, thriving church with a big budget. He just gave me a seed to preach to three people, and that seed kind of took off. And it's it's sometimes hard to notice when God's handing you something significant because it's easy mm-hmm. to overlook it because of its smallness. And always, uh, like you know, it's incredible <laughs> because five, five pounds of flour is the same as five pounds of gold they both weigh the same but their value is infinitely different and i think sometimes mm-hmm. god hands us something and we don't treat it the way that we should treat it because we don't see we don't recognize the value in what god handed us and sometimes we're treating like a small opportunity like i receive we're treating it like flour not recognizing that it's gold to God. Like it, it was something incredibly valuable, like a call of God, a, a, a promise from God, a, an opportunity that God gives you. It doesn't matter if it's mm. big or small. It, it's got incredible value because the kingdom of God is in it. And when you're faithful with the seed, God has a way of growing it into a tree. And that's that's what I see in our church today. Is it, It's just grown into an incredible tree. Yeah, I think that, Part of the reason that we overlook, I love what you said, that's so wise about we overlook it because it was so small. Um, but I think the reason that we do is because human nature is we celebrate the end result. We celebrate a big church. We celebrate a business that made it. And so that's what our heart wants. We want that. We don't want a seed. And I think we have to celebrate the process, not the end result. And so for me, I celebrate in my, what I would consider to be daily faithfulness of and that's the celebration. It's the journey, not the end result. And I think people want to just should should ask God for something to be faithful with and not worry about the end result. I just want to be faithful with whatever you want me to do. And I think that's that's a way to not overlook something small is just be faithful with whatever you got. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it, I mean that's our story. We've never had we've never had like 
wild explosive growth we've just grown year after year i I, I was reading deuteronomy 7 uh just earlier a a couple of days ago where it's talking about the whole land is yours but i'm not going to drive them out all i'm not going to drive out your enemies all at once and and god Mm. says this in deuteronomy 7 he said i'm going to drive them out little by little because you're not in a place where you can control the land if i gave you all the land it would grow wild and the beast of the field would take over in other words, Israel hadn't developed yet to the place where they could where they could be they could steward the thing that God was going to give them. God literally had more for them than they were able to handle, and so in His wisdom and His grace, He didn't give it to them all at once. He let them mm-hmm. go fight some battles and take it one day at a time. And I, I look back and just you know we we weren't in a place to to be able to handle all that God had for us in that moment. So it was mm-hmm. just each each battle of battling like like breaking the 50 barrier i mean that's a lot of that's a lot of that's a barrier most people like they, they launch with launch teams bigger than 50 people well that was a barrier we had to break 100 you know 200 300 you just go you just go down the list and it's just been walking in that faithfulness and watching god just just drive them out little by little uh, empowering us to just inherit what he's already promised it's already ours we just got to yeah. work it out in faithfulness and see him bring it to pass